Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Saquon Barkley is uh, definitely the apple of many a Texan fan's eyes. Good player. I, I get it. I don't fully agree with the value placement on Saquon Barkley, but that's, that's why we're here. We're here to... Uh, Debate and discuss and ultimately try to make yeah. the Texans a better football team. Right, Seth? That's, that's uh, I think um, I understand that, and I understand the appeal, and I think he would uh, add an element and a threat to the team that the Texans don't currently have right now. The biggest cautionary red flag for me with Saquon Barkley at this very moment is that he's had one impressive season in the last four seasons, and a lot of people will make excuses for him for 2023 because he was in such a bad situation and and that's valid that's fair he still ran for 962 yards in a bad situation mm-hmm. that's fair um but it's really important though to to note like on the sum total of it he's had one good season in the last four years uh with derrick henry the biggest objection seems to be about his age because there's zero basis for saquon barkley being better than derrick henry in any of these past four seasons uh including the the season in which Derrick Henry was injured so like I mean like it's really astounding when I went back and looked at it how much better Derrick Henry has been than Saquon Barkley over the last four years and yet I feel if I put up a poll maybe I'll do that today just independent of cost because I think Henry's going to be the cheaper of the two as well I I right that's a big part of it yeah but let's pretend let's let's put that aside let's just say the two players and everything that comes with them as players I think if I put up a poll and I'll do that today I'm giving myself a reminder right now I bet that most of the the followers, I don't know how drastically it would be tipped in Barkley's favor. I think Barkley would win that poll among Texans. Just which guy would yeah. you rather have, Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry? I think Barkley so, would win, and you feel differently. So in terms of well, who's the right guy for this team, I want you to hear D'Amico talking about the types of players they're they're looking for in this next clip. clip. And, uh, and just uh, take note of the mindset that he wants. For me, every season, you start over, right? Last year was last year. Uh, it was a good run for us. Not didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but that was a good run for the 2023 Texans. Now, for me, it's a clean slate. We start over 2024. Now, who are we going to be? Right, and you know, we have a lot of great matchups versus a lot of uh, great teams this year. And I'm excited to first off build our team again the proper way of guys who are just looking to compete, guys who have that relentless mindset, guys who want to go out play for each other. Guys who want to hunt, guys who want to play with relentless effort and finish. Like, that's what I'm looking to build as we start this offseason. So that relentless mindset, and I think that's something that we very much saw on defense last year. There was a certain attitude that defense had. Um, I think offense as a whole, despite the impressive performance by C.J. Stroud, wasn't quite that same relentless mindset. I'm going to be honest with you. I was kind of astounded by how glaringly Derrick Henry was better than Saquon Barkley when I went back and looked at it, what I like to call the, the grittiness stats, the yards after contact, the missed tackles, things like that. And I went back to 2022, Sean, because that's the, that's the season that's been painted out to me as the magical, wonderful, like, ooh, Saquon Barkley is just everything we ever dreamed he Saquon would be. Saquon Barkley's magnum opus, yeah. 2022. He had 1,312 yards rushing. Derrick Henry had 1,538. So, okay, whatever. Saquon Barkley's got value as a receiver, right? Yeah, Supposedly. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, 
as far as the grittiness stats, you go for in that 2022 season, yards after contact per attempt, Derrick Henry was third out of 32 backs who had a minimum of 175. That matches attempts. the eye test, I would say. Yeah, so yards after contact. Saquon Barkley's always had a reputation as a guy that's kind of like, all right, if things are good and if he can pop it, he's going to pop a long, explosive run. Yes, he's got more explosive potential than Derrick Henry. Yards after contact per attempt for Saquon Barkley in that magical season in 2022, 25th out of 32 backs. Wow. Total yeah. missed tackles forced. Derrick Henry third in the league out of 32 qualifying backs. Saquon Barkley, 17th in the league. Okay, middle of the pack. Yeah. Uh, receiving yards, of course. Saquon Barkley was much better there. You're right. Yeah, yeah, he was eighth in the league in receiving yards to Derrick Henry's ninth. Um, yeah, <laughs> yards, running backs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yards per route run, Derrick Henry was first amongst running backs. Uh, Saquon Barkley was 13th. Uh, amongst running Oh, that's backs. interesting. Okay, I mean, that's yeah. a bit of a nerdy stat, but it does show, like, yeah, when Derek Henry, when they put him out, when they, when they send him out to go do something in the passing game, yeah. bleep happens, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, and not, that's the receiving side. That's not as much the grittiness sure. side. To, um, to get to, like, total yards after contact, Derek Henry had 1,257 yards after contact, after first contact. in the league. contact, jeez. Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley had 862 yards, which was sixth in the league. So, like, like when it comes to like the true gritty, tough part of playing football, uh, Derrick Henry, by by extreme measures, has been better than Saquon Barkley. The one that I really like, like this is a nerdy stat, but it's success rate, Sean. Mm-hmm. Success rate, which is a uh, a stat that tells you like how often. Um, how frequently a, a guy has a good run. So, like, on first down, do you get a certain percentage of yardage to the sure. sticks? Second down, third down, all of that. Uh, Saquon Barkley, in 2022, in his magical season, had a 38.2% success rate. Okay. Derrick Henry had a 46.7% so, so success he's, rate. So he, in terms of things that reflect the mindset of D'Amico Ryan's, relentlessness, yeah. grit, yeah. work ethic. I'll, work, I'll put work ethic aside. Relentlessness and grit statistically, he trumps Saquon Barkley by a fairly sizable amount. Yeah, now, and just, yeah, without getting too nerdy about that success percentage, but, like, call it just grinding out yardage, Derrick Henry, 46.7%. It's kind of a down year for him. Yeah. Um, His average is 50%. Saquon Barkley has never had had that in a single season. Okay. So Derrick Henry has had that. His his career average is better than Saquon Barkley, this boomer bust guy yep. who's had one impressive season in the last four seasons. There's that. So there's that. Um, as far as the age dynamic, I get that. I 100% believe it. And I look, yeah, running backs are fragile as hell. We've just talked about how Saquon Barkley's only had one impressive season in the last four years. Some of that due to injuries. The second half of his magical 2022 season was actually pretty damn disappointing uh, because he just couldn't keep it up for the whole season. Derrick Henry, though, He's done well enough up to this age that I put him in the category of a Curtis Martin, a Frank Gore, and Adrian Peterson. You might say, well, those guys are outliers. Yeah, Derrick Henry's an outlier. Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry was the second leading rusher in the league last year as a 29-year-old after having heavy, heavy usage in the most carries in the league for for several of the last few seasons. So he is an outlier. So he'll be 30 years old this year. Curtis Martin, at age 30, ran for 1,308 yards. At age 31, he ran for 1,697 yards. Frank Gore, <laughs> ages 30 through 33, yeah. in those four seasons, three of those four seasons, he rushed for over 1,000 yeah. yards. Adrian Peterson, at age 30, led the league in rushing. Yeah. Age 31, he had a little bit of a run in the wall. <laughs> okay. So as long as Derrick Henry can stay away from uh, child-rearing treat issues. Kids, then, treat his yeah, kids right, yeah. yeah. Um, this, this backs up my hypothesis, which is based in zero science that I've unearthed, but Uh there probably is science out there for it, um, where I feel like NFL running backs, is it's a little like that stat with human beings, where if you live to a certain age, you're probably going to live to 80. You know, you can't forget what the number is. You know, if you live to to 58, chances are you're going to live to be 80. I almost feel it's that way with running backs. Like, if you're still running productively at age 29 or 30, I feel like you're going to be doing it until you're 32 or 33 at least. Like, you've, you've crossed over the threshold 
to where you are, you know, some sort of rag doll. Uh, right, right, yeah. You know, and even like it's um, with take on uh, with Derrick Henry, even this last year, like in yards after contact and forced missed tackles. This last year, where Derrick Henry was running behind what almost everybody considers the worst offensive line in the league, last year's Titans offensive line, he was still better than that 2022 version of Saquon Barkley and all those gritty stats mm-hmm. that I brought up. It's just been like hands down, yeah, hands down, undeniably a more impressive four years for Derrick Henry. And it's not even close. I'm just, I. That's why I get frustrated. Like, I just, I feel like maybe it's a matter of Saquon Barkley. A, the highlights are spectacular. They're amazing. Um, But it's just the evidence of it week in and week out compared to Derrick Henry. It's just not even close. Yeah. Let's tell you the bit of slander that I saw floating around yesterday on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a, uh, there was a, there was a, someone on there, Apollo Alves says, would Saquon Barkley be the best running back in Texans history? And there was a reply on here. It had several replies to it, both pro and con, uh, but a reply from a guy named Jeff Scholl who said, lots of Texans fans lying to Poalo, SMH. Saquon is better than Arian Foster, but it's not like Saquon would go breaking team records. Let's stop right there. Saquon Barkley is not better than Arian Foster. And maybe in 2024 he is. I don't know what Arian's chops are these days, but... Uh, if we're taking Arian Foster when he was at the same stage of his career that Saquon Barkley was in, there is not one thing that Saquon Barkley, that peak Barkley, does better than peak Arian Foster. Mm-hmm. Peak, peak, and both of them had injury issues, so that's even. Yep. Let's put those aside. Saquon's had his injury issues. Arian had his injury issues. Let's agree that both are somewhat injury-prone running backs. So we're only evaluating the peak versions of both, and I— I just I feel strongly about this. Like there's no like I'm not going to sit here and say Saquon can't oh, hold no. Arians jock yeah. or something like that. But there's <laughs> not one thing that Saquon Barkley in his best version does better than Aaron, the best version of Arian Foster. Period. End of maybe run faster and maybe if he got the two of them in a 40 yard dash, Saquon would beat Arian in a 40 yard dash. But it ain't a decathlon and it's not the combine. It's football. And I, man, that, that bugged me. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Cause there were several Texan fans saying, uh, no, like, do you, you remember no, what you were watching with Arian Foster? I, honestly, it's the same dynamic that you get with Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Yeah. It's uh, like, there were people that have, that would be just yes! dead set that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady based on the highlight reel. And I think like, I, I think sometimes that's what people base it on is like, Oh, okay. Well, this guy's got a better highlight reel. He's the better player. I don't know. I like, I like results. I like yeah. actual guys that perform well over a long period of time. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. Uh, I like I like people that are like actually go out and win football games for their team. It seems like that's the best way to do it. scoring points. For instance, like with Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers would fluctuate between a top scoring offense and then back down into like into the, the mid tier offenses. Whereas Tom Brady's offenses consistently year in year out were top three, top five offenses. Um, some arguments here on the text page about the Saquon Derrick Henry dynamic here. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of arguments to make. I don't think Derrick Henry has the same impact on the passing game that Saquon Barkley has. And I also think Henry has a few more issues as far as number of carries on his body than Barkley. To me, it's a right. toss up either way. The text. I, says. Yeah, I guess that's the thing is yes. Like theoretically, if you're looking at a big, huge group of people and you say, well, Derrick Henry's got more, more bodies, more mileage off the, the tires than Saquon Barkley does. Sure. But you got to remember that like, look, Saquon Barkley has not been good in the last four, like he's had a very mean, the sum total over the last four years has not been an impressive one for Saquon Barkley. He's had one impressive season in four years. And a lot of that is due to little nagging injuries that he doesn't seem to play too well through like this, all this stuff, yardage after contact, everything like, like that's a, that's a man stat. You know, yeah. this is why I like Josh Jacobs better than Saquon Barkley, too, because Josh Jacobs will run through contact like Josh Jacobs doesn't have to just rely on his athleticism when the conditions are right. Yeah. He'll actually make some stuff happen in imperfect circumstances. And I don't know if you watched the Texans last year, but there were some imperfect circumstances in the run game. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. The other uh, third and final argument for Derrick Henry over Saquon Barkley is that a lot of people assume because of Derrick Henry's size that he wouldn't be good in an outside zone system. That is 
That couldn't be further from the truth. He has thrived in an outside zone running system. Arthur Smith got his job in Atlanta because Derrick Henry was so good in Arthur Smith's outside zone running system. And I think that would be really, really good for um, uh, as a as as a older guy for younger guys to learn how to do it from. I don't even mean like in a leadership aspect, but just as actually watching him do it, and it helps the offensive line out as well. Obviously, um, how many players at Henry's age? This is a text message. How many players at Henry's age, but especially number of carries, do well after the age of thirty? Seth just outlined that. There's yeah, there are some. That. You hit that. Um, subtract. Okay, I I meant to do this yesterday, and I'm going to do this just so I see what the numbers look and, like. And again, just sorry, Sean, That's just okay. real quick. Like I put I put um, Derrick Henry in that category of Curtis Martin, Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson because he's proven it already. He's yeah. in that category of guys where the average age arc isn't the same. He's already way <laughs> outside that. Just look at him. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, like, yeah. That's my answer. Like, look, look at the guy. And, and meanwhile, like, and I and I cannot stop asking this question. Like, what are we really doing here? When okay, that's fine if it was a, your argument versus Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry versus a younger version of Derrick Henry. Right. But this is Saquon Barkley, who has not produced consistently over yeah. these last four years, regardless of his age. Some guys age sooner than others. You, and you're talking about a Henry that I think even like the diehard Henry people are like, yeah, okay. If it's if the price of poker starts to get up into ten or eleven million a year for multiple years, then no, I'm out. But like Henry, yeah. Hen- or maybe not. I don't know. But like, but I I anticipate Derrick Henry is going to be less expensive than Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. That's what I anticipate because of these concerns that people are bringing up. On the text page, um, I meant to do this yesterday, and maybe I'll do this today. Subtract. Texter says, "Subtract Henry's yards against the Texans, and how does he look?" Yeah, that's a good. Actually, you know what? You're you're exactly right. I should do that. Um, <laughs> I'll do it today. I have to point that out, though. Look, look. But everybody, honestly, that's a common argument against anybody that has huge, awesome stats. Yeah. Uh, because it's easy. Because that's what good teams, like good players, do. They do. Like, they just like every. You know, they would say that against with J.J. Watt and his sacks. They would say, well, he had to play these bad teams. Like, yeah, yeah. like every every guy that's got a boatload of sacks racks up sacks versus the that's bad offensive tackles. the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's you take advantage. But it's uh, fair enough. It would be a fun experiment. Like, okay, subtract the Texans. I, no, I'm going to do you it. you got to remember. you got to remember what? these last two performances versus the Texans weren't so hot for Derek. They weren't. They weren't. So yeah. maybe that will impact it a certain kind of way. Um, all right, so I'm writing it down now. Henry. I do subtract. feel that's affected yards. some people's perception of Derrick Henry. Though, 100%. Too, because, yeah. the, the, the Bill O'Brien effect of seeing somebody tear your team up can have a reverse effect, too, when you see your team shut that guy down. Right, yeah. You're just like, okay, and it's twice. It was twice in short order. Twice in two Honestly, weeks. Honestly, and it was like – that offensive line was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I, kudos to the Texans defense for doing that, and I was so happy that they did. Um, but like for everybody that wants to make excuses, and I'm not even like taking shots at anybody or anything. Like, if you want to make an excuse, it's a valid excuse that Saquon Barkley was not going to have a magnificent year this year. But like, even Derrick Henry with the worst offensive line in the league this year, still did better in most respects than Saquon Barkley in 2022. Yeah. Uh, it just, it's, it's just hands down. I was, I was honestly surprised. When I went into it, I was like, all right, I'm going to be objective about this. I'm going to see if maybe I'm like looking, looking through rose-colored glasses on Derrick Henry or something. I was kind of astounded at, at how pathetic <laughs> the performance was in comparison to Derrick Henry. He still when it averaged, came to the manlier aspects of running the ball. He still average not that four point two yards per carry is any is any great shakes. Not that you know that that's. I mean, at his peak, Derrick Henry's a five yard per carry guy. But four point two yards per carry behind that offensive line is is pretty good. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, D'Amico Ryan's met with the media yesterday. Um, one position we've not dug into. He was asked without getting specific with names. What he looks for in wide receivers. Does this evaluation or does this, uh, does D'Amico Ryan's noting exactly what he's looking for in wide receivers affect what we think the Texans do in free agency of the draft? We'll hear from the Texans head coach. Also, Ryan Hoyer has responded to Johnny freaking football <laughs> and Johnny football's uh, contention that Hoyer made it a tough quarterback room. We've got that for you next as well. Stay there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast. This is actually, this text is a good lead into what we're about to talk about here. D'Amico Ryan's commented about wide receivers and what they looked for yesterday. We just got done talking about Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley, two big names on the board for the Texans. A lot of you want Saquon Barkley. Um, Seth put together, I thought, a really good argument on Derrick Henry over Saquon Barkley. And part of that was that, yeah, Derrick Henry's 30, but he fits more into that anomaly category of 30-year-old running backs that Peterson, Frank Gore, um, Curtis Martin fit into. Text message. I'm with you, but can you at least acknowledge that Mike Evans is the same sort of anomaly? Okay, so I Ben, can we acknowledge? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to acknowledge. Acknowledge me. I'll acknowledge the same sort of anomaly. It's the contract, right? right. Well, it's it's more than just that. It's um like first and foremost, it's the position. Just in that, because there are, as I've pointed out multiple times, right now, currently on the Texans depth chart, there are ten positions that have no starter. And I don't in most of those I don't think the Texans feel comfortable with the backup becoming the starter. In many of those positions there's no backup either. Running back, the only running back on the on the roster is Damian Pierce. So, like you're going to have to fill some of these positions. Wide receiver, even though look, I'm never going to argue that it's not great to have more wide receivers. And Landry made the good point yesterday that hey, the, both those wide receivers have been injured in the last couple of years. Um, but in terms of where you're spending and with your needs, it's just it's it's trumped by all those other needs for me. And then, sure, the age is the age is less of a factor with Mike Evans, um, but he's going to get paid. I think I, I think he's going to get paid like a younger receiver. And age is less of a factor for wide receivers. It's still a factor. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's less of a factor for wide receivers than it is for running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Many more examples of. Um, guys like Mike, which is why he's probably going to get a pretty lucrative contract. So yeah, part of my argument for Derrick Henry is that I think there's a discount that's going to be baked into whichever deals you have to compete. Yeah. You're going to be shopping in a different aisle. If you're shopping for Mike Evans, than if you're shopping for Derrick Henry, that's just the bottom line. But uh, yes, we'll acknowledge like physically both guys are freaky. No, no. And Mike Evans is the model of consistency. Thousand yards at least every. He's between a thousand and fourteen hundred yards every year of his career. And and that's where again though too like I I'm accounting for age with Derrick Henry and that like I don't want to give him a four year contract. Of course not. You know so that's a as as impressive I am with Mike Evans. It's yeah it's like age thirty one and thirty two where even that's when it really falls off even amongst the outliers. So there's some risk there, and that's where the short-term deal really matters more than anything else. Here's D'Amico Ryans yesterday asked, uh, what are you looking for in wide receivers? With the receiver position, we're looking for guys who are separators, right? Who can separate, who can find a way to get open, right? And if you have that one redeeming quality that you can separate, right, that's what we're looking for, especially that shows up on third down, right? How do you win third down? How do you stay on the field as an offense, right, and continue to produce uh, 
and move the ball down the field. It's about third down, right, and being able to convert. And the way you convert is guys who are savvy enough to find a way to always get open. Uh, okay, so no DeAndre Hopkins is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, DeAndre's still very DeAndre's still productive, but not separation, not as strong. Not suit. a big, yeah. not not a strong suit. Okay, so so does that does that speak to any of the? Uh, I, I don't have all those separation stats in front of me and whatnot. Like, is it is there anything you heard there, Seth, where you it, it colors your wide receiver view and free agency at all with Mike Evans or anybody else? At first it did. And I started thinking about like, well, okay, who are the speediest guys out there? And uh, the the problem is that it's also, you know, truth be told, it's not all about speed with getting separation. It's about route running too. Um, So as far as, like would, it, would like Mike Evans obviously would be fine. Marquise Brown like uh, is is it Kelvin Ridley if he makes it to free agency? I don't think it really tips his hand. Like any almost by definition, anybody who isn't like uh, a DeAndre Hopkins type uh, that you're going after is going to create good separation. Yeah, and, and I wonder too. I mean, it's it's a blanket answer as to what they look for philosophically yeah. as a team. I wonder if in his head, D'Amico is thinking more about the draft. And free agency and answering the question because he's standing there at the combine answering the question. And I, when I hear that, I think to myself, I think more probably of the draft than I do the combine in that I think that answer is basically like, look, you may have some teams that philosophically they've got dimensions that they look for in receivers for certain yeah. roles. Like, uh, you know, they'll the answer to that question would be something about size or speed or something else. And that answer to me says D'Amico's not married to any – 40 times or heights or I think Tank Dell's an example of that honestly you well, know yeah especially when it comes to body type and you know the old perception would be oh they want big physical receivers which they do but there's plenty of examples of well, like with Gary Kubiak they love David Anderson because he was a speedy little dude yep. you know um they don't they don't need everybody to look like Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel yeah. so it's more of a matter of yeah they'll they're going to look at separation first and foremost however a guy comes by it and then worry about all the other stuff secondarily with it's it's funny too with tank Dell. if you go back to this time last year it was like obvious that tank Dell had the athleticism and the ability as a wide receiver it's important to remember though that it was still a projection that he'd be able to do it on the nfl level and that his size wouldn't be an issue because he did have to learn you know he had to learn from training camp in those first few weeks exactly how to get open versus press, how to handle some of the more physical stuff. Yes. There were times during training camp where you'd look up and you'd be like, man, Tank's, Tank's laying on the ground on, underneath some nondescript cornerback. I don't even know who that guy is, but he's on the ground. Um, like it, so it's not such a slam dunk. I think it's easy to look back and say, well, yeah, look at his college film. Of course he was going to be awesome in the NFL. Like, so, and, and I think that's a credit to both Casario and D'Amico that they're willing to take that gamble on somebody that was going to have to show that he could overcome those size disadvantages uh, to, to be able to utilize his speed, and, and Tank Dell did that. Yep. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a, um, on a Wednesday. We know last week Johnny Manziel did a sit-down with Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay. That's where we got our new favorite hotkey from Shannon Sharp, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, among the things Johnny Manziel talked about, was Brian Hoyer. When he was a rookie, Johnny Manziel, he was in a quarterback room with former Texans quarterback, Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer would become the starter for the Texans the following season in 2015. But in 2014, they shared a quarterback room in Cleveland together, and Johnny Manziel said that was not a very welcoming quarterback room because of Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer had been waiting on opportunity to be able to go really provide for his family, get an opportunity, And he saw how much of an upper hand he had on me, Mm -hmm. and he didn't hold back when it came to that. So there was instances in the quarterback room early on where I would ask the same question a couple times, and he'd be at the head of the table and go, again? We're doing this again? Wow. Keep him out of it, right? Right. Let's just cut that off. And I don't have a bad word to say about Brian Hoyer. That is just fact of what happened in that room. (laughs) So when that happens, so if we were to ask another quarterback that's in that room, go ask Connor Shaw. Go okay. ask Connor Shaw, who played at South Carolina and was with us in Cleveland. Go ask him how Brian Hoyer was in that room. Okay. Go ask Dow Loggins. Okay, yeah, because Connor Shaw and Dow Loggins are the barometer for all that's good in the world. I, Connor I, Shaw I refuse probably- to believe that those are actual humans anymore. <laughs> <either>. <laughs> 
I feel like those are just those are just examples of Dude, names of of early two thousands names. I uh, that <laughs> Cadell and well, Connor. Yeah, well, Dow Loggins was one of the coaches. Uh, I know Connor I know. Shaw was <laughs> Connor Shaw. I know you know they're real people. I Connor <laughs> Shaw. I know nothing about Connor Shaw other than he played at South Carolina and yeah. he was an undrafted free agent or whatever, a low level pick, and he played for the Browns. I would be willing to bet. Every dollar I have, that Connor Shaw probably looked at Johnny Mansell and said, "This guy is a bleep up." Like, like he's made Johnny's making it sound like Connor Shaw was on his side in the whole thing. Not to mention, there's nothing worse than pulling somebody into your argument yes. without their knowledge. You know, like, hey, hey, by the way, go ask Connor Shaw. Probably got DMs from writers last week. We're like, hey, care to chime in? Yeah, care to bash Brian Hoyer? Connor Shaw's like, um, man, he's probably like an insurance agent in Columbia, South Carolina, and he's like, I, wow. I love those. I love that in the middle of. I love that in the middle of him complaining about Brian Hoyer, this is Johnny Manziel who has admitted that he didn't watch a single bit of film on his iPad away from the facility. He literally that said he was zero. a complete mess. Yeah. That he was like, he's admitted and confessed to being an absolute train wreck when he was in Cleveland. Also feels like, <laughs> feels like somehow he wasn't treated nicely enough when he asked the same question a second time. <laughs> Like Johnny's Johnny's in there hungover, not listening, not paying attention, ask the question a second time, and all of a sudden it's up to Hoyer to be like, Okay, buddy, is it okay? Do you need me to get you some Advil? Yeah. Are you all right here? Yeah, yeah, you should get side at, you lazy SOB. I, this is why you lasted two years in the NFL and you're still blaming people. He goes, I see all these people sticking up for Johnny saying, like, no, this interview, he really accepted responsibility. Did he? No, in, in, Did he? In that cut, oh my god. He, he, He's like, I, I wouldn't say a bad thing about Brian Hoyer. I'm like, you just said a hundred bad words about him. What are you talking about? Here was Brian Hoyer yesterday on Good Morning Football responding to Johnny Manziel. I mean, look, I mean, I'm on, I'm on my uh, vacation last week in Florida, and I get a text from Mac Jones. He goes, "Hey, funny, I didn't get this treatment as a rookie." And look, I'll be honest. You know, Johnny's right. That was an opportunity for me to go out and be the starter of my hometown team. But I was kind of apathetic towards him. I would say, you know, I didn't go out of my way to you know, be a jerk to him. But in the same sense, I was trying to win this job and go out and perform the best I could. Um, you know, I feel sorry that he feels that way about it. I've, I always looked at it like, you know, I never had any animosity towards Johnny. If anything, it was towards the owner and the GM who mm. were always trying to push him ahead of me when clearly he wasn't ready and I was going to be the starter. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, that left a, a bad taste in his mouth, but, um, you know, like I said, never had any animosity towards Johnny and, you know, I feel bad that he feels that way, but, you know, I don't really recall it being that way either. So was that the first time you watched it? Oh, uh, when Max sent it to me, Okay. Yeah, Max sent it to me. He texts me. I'm on the beach. I'm like, Oh God, here we go. You know, like, um, I but, love when you were watching it just now with yeah, us, I didn't see that the you were thing. like, uh, I don't think I've ever sat at the head of the table. No, I sat on the left. We're so. going to fact check this. Yeah. I, I, yeah, John, I don't trust Johnny's memory of a damn thing. No, I don't either. I thought scenario, the same thing. You know? <laughs> he was probably like, still drunk. Yeah. I mean, like, and not to mention whatever filter he was seeing everything through. I, you know, where like, in his mind, he's Johnny football. Yeah. And yet all of a sudden yeah. now he's in competition with this Jamoke and uh, this Brian Hoyer. And oh my gosh, like it probably anything but the utmost deference would feel like an insult to Johnny Manziel. I love that somehow Mac Jones found his way into this saga. <laughs> <laughs> that Mac Jones is the one texting Brian Hoyer about the rookie treatment. While what Brian, if Brian Hoyer were still acting the way Johnny claims that he acted to, to Mac Jones? Oh, when was, Mac Jones was like the first round pick again, and like Brian Hoyer's all over. A, I see my chance again. Dude, John, hey, Mac. Hey, Mac. You want a little cocaine? <laughs> How do you. <laughs> Brian tries to, get, tries to get Mac Jones. Hooked on the yaya. Hooked on the, <laughs> on the smack. <laughs> All right, so a little fun with Manziel and Hoyer right there. All right, um, quote from a GM at the Combine uh, that might give Texan fans some PTSD. He said it. We'll have it for you coming up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents 
Payne and Pendergast. A lot of people were touting this as their favorite cut from the combine this week from a GM. But if you've ever lived in a city where a GM has had this mentality but not said it out loud, mm. it might make you a little angry. This gave me some PTSD. Here's Brandon Bean, Buffalo general manager, on what his thought process was when he traded up in 2018 to draft future Pro Bowl quarterback Josh Allen. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a I mean, okay. You're not supposed to say it, man. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, just because it works out, I feel it doesn't mean that the attitude was right. Yeah. I, I really do. I do think that some GMs very much feel like they are the steward for the team and that it's their responsibility to do right by the team, you know, even after they're gone. And, and it's, a, you know, Nick Casario said this, but I've heard this by other GMs as well. There's a certain responsibility. And a lot of times, like a lot of times you're taking, you're taking a team over, uh, you know, in some instances where it's an absentee owner, they don't even live in that city or what have you. Like the, those guys feel an obligation that, all right, like I'm in charge of this multi-billion dollar asset. It's not up to like, I, I can't just uh, try to win this year. And if not, Hey, I, I'm, I, I, everybody's getting paid. It's a, uh, it's kind of a selfish attitude, Billy Bean. I don't. Uh, I don't like it. The uh, the tra- I'm looking at the trade. They yeah. traded the uh, Buffalo traded two twos in that draft, the 53rd and the 56th pick, to move up from 12 to seven. Did they get that much criticism at the time? I don't remember I there don't, being a lot of criticism. I, you know what the criticism was? I think more not not so much what they gave up, but Josh yeah. Allen. Josh Allen was a very polarizing prospect. People forget oh, yeah. that. Yeah, he's very inaccurate, very, wildly inaccurate. I don't very. think people forget it. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, no, Sean, if anything, I don't think people forget it. I think they use Josh Allen to talk themselves into inaccurate quarterbacks. They definitely do that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but in 2018, what were they saying about it? I think it was more about Josh Allen than it was about giving up yeah. two, two second-round picks to move on. That's actually not that bad, to move up five spots high in the first round to get a quarterback. It's, and you had those tweets surface right the night before the draft, too. too. There was that, so yeah. That was there, yeah. Probably would have had to give up another second-round pick if uh, Josh Allen didn't have those tweets. Those old tweets. Yeah, yeah I wonder who la- – oh, yeah. I wonder if somebody was supposed to leak it on behalf of the Bills and <laughs> forgot to, and then all of a sudden did it like after the trade had already happened. She's like, oh, you idiot. The draft you're is the best. To, you're supposed to do this before we traded. The draft Damn is it. the best. Didn't you see what they did with Tunsil and the gas mask a couple years ago? Um, but I, the reason I say PTSD, because I think that – I think that – you know, Ben, cue it up one more time. Play that cut. Play, play that cut and just fill in – we can fill in – Laramie Tunsil trade instead of the Josh Allen trade, right? And pretend yeah. that this is Bill O'Brien talking right here. I mean, we got criticized a little bit for how much we gave up for Josh. Laramie Tunsil. And I'm like, well, if he doesn't work out, I'm not going to be here anyway. And if he does work out, nobody's going to give a Bingo. This, uh, the thing is, though, the Laramie Tunsil trade wasn't my complaint about, like, of all the things that Bill O'Brien did – Laramie Tunsil was at least a very good football player. Yeah, people and I, and I defended Bill O'Brien when people would criticize them for not having a contract already negotiated because that happens not all the time, but not infrequently. It's like sometimes when a trade's going to get executed, you don't have time to spend forty eight hours haggling with the guy you're about to trade. So that's just the way it works. That's how it happened with Jalen Ramsey out to to the Rams and and many other people in league history. So I was okay with that. It was the it was the sheer volume of sketchy trade values that they had with DeAndre Hopkins. Honestly, Jadeveon Clowney. Given at the time, I think people people kind of in the opposite direction forget that yeah, Jadeveon Clowney's trade value was actually should have been a lot higher than it yeah. was by the time he actually in the left, moment. Yeah, especially if they had traded him before the draft. Um, and then like the multiple the multiple contracts they dished out to guys who were already on the team that ended up being off the team within two years. Yeah. Like, that was the, the sum total of Bill O'Brien acting like, well, it's either going to work, or if, I'm, if it doesn't, I'm still getting paid. I'm out of here. You, you're, you're absolutely right. The Laramie Tunsil trade was Bill O'Brien thinking he had a better team than he did, I think, at the time. Like, that yeah, was a finishing yeah. touches kind of move. I think it's honestly how a lot of people feel about paying Mike Evans, like, top dollar. Like, man, we're right yeah. there. You can win a Super Bowl. I think it's similar. Like, Bill O'Brien just didn't, I don't think, had a real good grasp on where they were in their building process. Yes. 2020 was the YOLO. Like, okay, let's just try this and try this and try that. And then uh, 
Nick Casario will come in and clean it up two years later, and it'll be miserable for Texan fans. Like there, there was a reporter. There's a reporter I know that's like kind of like he's a national guy, so he gets a lot of like the really good juicy stuff. Yeah. Who his opinion was that yeah, like the Texans knew 100 percent like how that it was a high risk strategy yeah. and that it was either like, all right, this is either going to work out or we're out of here. Yeah. Um, which is why that Billy, Billy beans, little quote here. Uh, Brandon doesn't mean brand. Yeah. No, he's Billy bean is as far as I care. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's never won a championship. That's Sean. true. Just yeah. like Billy bean, Just like Billy bean money ball. Yeah. Yep. 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 So Brandon bean, uh, it doesn't, it's not so cute to me. I, I see no. a lot of bills fans acting like, Oh yeah. What a badass. No. Like, yeah. Sounds selfish to me. It is, yeah. Hey, Bills, you're going to be bad again someday, all right? And if you get it might a GM, be this year, they got free agencies issues they, issues up in here, big yeah. time, big time. Um, they got now, Stephon Diggs issues. Yeah. Now, while everybody is celebrating, while everybody's celebrating Brandon Bean's cut there, my new favorite one from the combine came from Nick Sirianni yesterday, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, when he was asked about Jalen Hurts leadership style. Nick, do you think Jalen needs to be more of a vocal leader next uh, next season, and how do you think he did last year leading the team? You know, everybody, there's not a book that is written on this is how you lead, right? People lead in, in different ways. Dude, there's there's an entire wing of Barnes & Noble that says leadership at the top of it. I'm looking currently at a list of the 15 best leadership books of all time. So at least 15. <laughs> That's what he meant to say. There's more than just one book written about sure leadership. Sure he did. <laughs> you know what? I like this from Nick Sirianni. You, you know what, Sean? He's not one of these coaches that reads a book in the offseason and decides to change Clearly. his whole methodology and philosophy and everything else. And then... <laughs> hey, Nick, they changed things up in the cafeteria this year with the Eagles. What do you think about what the workers in there are cooking for you? Well, you know, here's the thing. There's no book out there on cooking. So, no, there's actually, it's called a cookbook, Nick. There's, yeah, yeah, there's a whole wing of Barnes & Noble with leadership books, bro. I'm looking at this book of leadership, Sean. Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, one thing I've noticed, I'm looking through the titles and uh, Extreme Ownership, that's a good title. Okay. That's by Jocko Willink, the, the former Navy SEAL. Extreme. You've probably seen him on your YouTube shorts at some point. Stream ownership. Okay, who else? What else you got there? Um, Give me some more Start titles. with Why by Simon Sinek. Yeah. I hate that guy, so there's no way in hell. Uh, he, he infected a lot of coaches at one point along the way. I'm not a big fan of people asking what the why is for everything. No, yeah. no, I despise it. Yeah. Plus, Simon Sinek's one of these guys who will like, take some quote from Aristotle and just like change it just a little bit. And then put it out there like it's his own. You can't do that (laughs) to Aristotle. (laughs) Screwing over Aristotle is what you're doing. Yeah. He's got to get his royalties. His family's got to eat, damn it. person. (laughs) Some more Socrates is laughing his ass off right now. Leading inclusion. Uh, Let's see. Dare to lead. That's a good title. Okay. Yeah. The one that I found I'm a sucker for in general, though, when it comes to nonfiction self-help books, you got to give me a number. You got to give me a list of the like the twenty one irrefutable laws of leadership. Oh, a list. Yeah. Follow them, and people will follow you. This yeah. is what I need. This is what I need for when I when I become warlord. Uh, like I need to I need to have a, a blueprint. I can yes. just check off these twenty one laws. Need to read a book <laughs> and be sure that people are then following me. I don't have to look behind to see if they're actually following. <laughs> I just walk walk forward go. with confidence. Um, the. Uh, the best one I read, if there's any of you out there that are looking for leadership, like when I was put in a position of leadership back in the day, um, the CEO of my company, who I reported to, recommended a book called The Five Temptations of a CEO uh-huh. by a guy named Patrick Leonsis or Patrick, no, Patrick Lencioni. You yeah. know, I like it already. You know why? Why? Five. Yeah. You got a list here. It's a good yeah. number. Yeah. Right. Five, ten, it's, and it's a short read. It's an easy okay. read. It's What's it called? Five, five temptations? T- five temptations of a CEO. I remember three of them off the top of my head. It's been a long time since I was Is one in of a- them. Tawdry. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I know a couple of CEOs. <laughs> I feel the, like their temptations. That's aren't the sixth all temptation. Set. <laughs> <laughs> the five, the five business world temptations yeah. of a CEO. Yeah. Yeah. They were, uh, I know one was focus on results. Like there's a temptation like to ignore results sometimes, hold people accountable. Like, they're, they're pretty basic, but they're framed with like stories, anecdotes that, these, that this particular author had. Here, they, uh, here are the five temptations of a CEO. Okay. Choosing status over results. Yep. 
That's choosing bad. Pop- yeah. That's bad. That's yeah. bad, yeah. So these are the mistakes and or yep. temptations. Uh, yep. Choosing popularity over accountability. Yep, yep, yep. Eh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is interesting. Choosing certainty over clarity. Yeah, uh, choosing certainty over clarity. Okay, I'd have to go back and remember. Which I guess maybe that, that almost sounds like if you're like, okay, you just want to be certain more than you want to be uh, correct or accurate. The like what? if you genuinely yeah. want clarity... Then, oh, okay, if you seek clarity, then you might have to also be accepting that, okay, I might be wrong on this. I just need, I need somebody to explain it to me. Yeah, the one thing I remember... I don't want to be 100% bullheaded confident without knowing all the information. The one thing I remember about the clarity chapter was there was a lot in there about constructive conflict. Like, ha- oh, let's, okay. have, let's have open, frank conversations about what we disagree upon. You've jumped ahead to, to rule number four, choosing harmony over productive conflict. That, okay, it might have been that one then. Might, yeah. That might have been the fourth temptation. The fifth temptation uh, was invulner- read the book again, Sean. Yeah, go ahead. What's the fifth one? Choosing invulnerability over trust. Okay. That's a temptation. That's, yeah, that's... Uh, invulnerability over trust. Yeah. Yeah, it is like, uh, if you get to a CEO position and you don't, like, know how to delegate and really trust people underneath you, you're Boy. pretty much dead in the water, Big time, aren't you? yes. Yeah. Like, that's the reason you're a CEO. Is you that's de- the reason you get to be the guy that doesn't do any work. You hire people you're smarter good at, like, than you, yes. Yeah, like directing the people that are they're, they're doing the work for you. Bingo, bingo, bingo. All right. my, my little, it's not a leadership book, but the one that I've uh, found most helpful in my life is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey, that's a good one, too. And it's more on my person, the personal side of things. It helped. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I loved it for just kind of like becoming better parents <laughs> and stuff like that. How to be? Oh, okay. So there's a good life applicable. There's a lot of, like, when you read that as a young man, yeah. you look at all the business parts of it that can help you. And then when you read it as an older person, at least in my case, I'm like, oh, do you know there's a bunch of family crap in here? This is actually very applicable. Very, yes. very applicable, yeah. yeah. Um, How to Become a Dictator by Kim Jong-un. <laughs> <laughs> Choose that's the right on, parents that's in on his the, case. That's I don't on, know about that that's one. That's on the his text page, like, right? How to Stay a Dictator. <laughs> read, read Deshaun Watson's book on leadership. Oh, damn it. He has yeah, one. I had his book. Yeah. I lost not, not, it. Not, I the, not the coffee bean. Not the book he right. highly recommends. He wrote a book. He... Air quotes wrote a book. Yes. He wrote his, yes. What is the title of it again? Because he talks about being a servant leader in there. Deshaun Watson, award winning author. Let's see. <laughs> uh, oh, pass it on. Pass it on. Hard work, serve others. I like that little double entendre there. How Don't play on words, pass it how, on, you know? Dude, yeah, yeah. He was, Good job, Deshaun. There was a, there was a, back in the day, we, uh, there was a time. Um, Deshaun Watson illustrates how the seven qualities of a servant leader can lead to a more successful life. There's not a book that is written on, this is how you lead. Yes, there is. It's called Pass It On, Work Hard, Serve Others. That's what is the it, book. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's seven what? He, this is the description of the book. Um, yeah. Deshaun Watson uh, illustrates how the seven qualities of a servant leader can lead to a more successful life. Okay. Yeah. Do we want to see if do we have time to see if Deshaun Watson actually there's follows those seven those seven laws? <laughs> there's five. I probably not in the loop. Just okay. walked in. We'll save it for tomorrow. Um, all right, yeah, that's my project for the day. Yeah, that's good. So you're going to do that, and I'm going to subtract. I'm going to subtract all of the Texans games that Derrick Henry had from his rushing stats to see if he's a for real or Fugazi running. I back. feel like buying a Deshaun Watson book on the internet this afternoon is going to get me flagged on some kind of. A list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, John Lopez, Landry Locker in the house. I What's donated it? it to the book drive, dude. I, I got weird looks. I, I brought it. Like, <laughs> we, had, we had like five books. We had a book drive downstairs, and I, brought, I, I grabbed the eight or whatever Deshaun Watson books we had, and I donated them. What? I got looked at like I was a damn pedophile. <laughs> that answers my question. I wonder why. As to when the book drive was. Definitely after 2020. Uh, yeah, I think it was like 2022, like something like that downstairs. Stairs. That's hilarious. <laughs> that Generosity, is- empathy, self-sacrifice, service, commitment, strength, and okay. values okay, we, in action. We, we, we got the best for last. We got to go through these tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard. Nick Sirianni said that there's That's no the dumbest book, quote of there's the no combine. book out there on leadership. <laughs> <laughs> we just listed a hundred of them. Um, so, did you guys listen to D'Amico Ryan's press conference yesterday oh, and do oh, some reading, yeah. reading uh, into this, the free agency this guy, rankings? This guy right here is so thirsty for Mike Evans; it's it's ridiculous. It's not oh, even. It's not. It even, was. Uh, 
Uh, so he said that he wanted receivers that could get open. Lopez was on the Separation. Mike Evans. And then he said Separation. he wanted people who were good people. He wanted people who were good people, and Lopez was like, well, Mike Evans is a pretty good person. That's what you're <laughs> supposed to do, John. That's what you're supposed to do. But as far as like the Texans' in-house free agents, did you read anything into what he was saying about Oh, I've got guys? him ranked. I got you him ranked. Okay, uh, we did uh, earlier. Re- reading between the lines of uh, D'Amico's quotes. Okay, good, uh, quotes. good. Oh, good. Uh, uh, I've got him ranked I, like who he really wants and who he's like, meh. I, I thought he kind of <laughs> – I think that with uh, – my, my thing on it, and I'll just I'll just uh, spoil it right now, and we'll, we'll, we'll carry it in. Yeah, yeah. But I think Singletary – I think there's – I don't think Singletary is going to get a better opportunity, so I think bringing him back – I don't think he's going to get a better situation, so you don't have to tip your hand. But Schultz, there's going to be a lot of suitors, so you don't just want to come out and say we really want this guy. Yeah, because oh. then, because then, because there's a lot of teams that are probably want Schultz because the market's so thin. But with Singletary, with how many running backs there are, and the fact that he was originally brought in here to be the backup, I think you can say we want this guy because he's not going to get like more opportunity elsewhere. Got to play a little poker with Dalton yes. Schultz. It sounds like yes. okay, I like that. that's a good no. That's a really good angle because I I was looking at it more from like their actual negotiations with Dalton Schultz himself, they might have been playing like hard to get or whatever, but you're right. Tipping your hand to the other teams Message is a big part of it. To the yeah. market. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. That's, Let's float some bad information about Dalton Schultz. Yes. <laughs> Do that in the next four hours. Drive He's down his value. He's a gamer. He's been cussing at eight-year-olds online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We got We need AI to do something with Dalton Schultz here. All right. Um, that was Crosstalk brought to you by DNM Leasing. You're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Seth, I will see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Uh, antibodies to you, my friend. Antibodies, and one of our listeners recommends Burn the Boats as well. Burn the Boats. Oh, yeah. Okay. Getting a lot of leadership. Okay. Well, John, John is, that PJ Fleck? is that PJ Fleck or is that? <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, then I'm, I'm out. <laughs> College football coach who wears a tie and a quarter zip sweater. I'm out. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, we're out of time. We're done. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 